loving Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for giving us grace to see yet another day. Praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your name, O Lord. Now, Lord, as we go through your word, we pray that you grant to us understanding. We pray, Lord, that you put your words in our mouth, that we may speak blessings to all who would listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, July 3. Agents to relieve distress. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Matthew chapter 25 verse 40 What if the professed followers of Jesus should look upon their expensive garments and should see the words written upon them by the finger of God, clothed the naked, What if they should see inscribed upon their expensive decorations in their homes, the pictures and furniture? Bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. In the dining room where the table is laden with abundant food, the finger of God has traced. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Let all, old and young, Consider that it is not a light matter to be the Lord's steward. The needy, the oppressed, are left in want, while the Lord's money is selfishly squandered in extravagance and luxury. Oh, that all will remember that God is no respecter of persons. It is a great thing to be a steward faithful and true before a just, impartial God. The law of God holds every man accountable for the use he makes of every dollar that comes into his hands. For the Lord has made men his agents to relieve the world's distress. If man hoards or selfishly uses his Lord's entrusted goods, it will be to the ruin of his own soul, for he honors, exalts, and glorifies himself. There are those in our world who, although they, the professedly chosen of God, can always pass the needy by on the other side. Jesus sees this. Jesus marks this. He will not pass it by. Jesus declared that he came to preach the gospel to the poor. He has bestowed his goods that love and beneficence shall live, ever growing stronger in the hearts of his people. The apportioning of rewards at the last day turns upon the question of our practical benevolence. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, Ye have done it unto me. Christ puts himself in the poor man's place, identifying his interest with that of the poor. He calls upon each disciple to dispense with grateful liberality 
the gifts entrusted to him as if he were bestowing the same upon his Redeemer. Amen. The title of our devotion is Agents to Relieve Stress. Our key text is taken from Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, which says, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Amen. The Lord would have us understand the purpose of increase and wealth. Specifically, money. Not necessarily material things, but let, let's just talk about money. What is the purpose of money? We've been talking about it in previous devotions. And we've been able to understand, as we read in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, that God said, it is him that gives us power to make wealth so that we can fulfill the covenant. That is Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. God gives us power to get wealth that he may establish the covenant which he swore unto us. And what is that covenant? To restore us back to his image, to bring us back to divine nature. So from there, we can already understand the, the purpose of God in giving us wealth. It is to use it for only things that we can clearly see is going to help others or help us to become more like God, to become in the divine similitude in character. That is what it is to be used for. Today, we are seeing that we are accountable for what we use our money for. The devotion reminds me of the story of the rich young ruler. There was this young man who came to meet Jesus. Based on his understanding of the commandments, he felt that he had kept it from his youth up and that there was nothing wrong with him. In the book of Mark chapter 10, I'll be reading now from verse 17 says and when he was gone forth into the way there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him good master what shall i do that i may inherit eternal life and jesus said unto him why callest thou me good there is none good but one that is god thou knowest the commandments do not commit adultery do not kill do not steal do not bear false witness defraud not honor thy father and thy mother and he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth up. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up thy cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. 
It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looking upon them said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Amen. When we look at this story and the question the rich young ruler asked Jesus, you see that when Jesus answered, he told him, keep the commandments. And Jesus wasn't playing with him there. He meant exactly what he said. If you do keep the commandments, you will have eternal life. Because that's what the man asked. How, what shall I do to get eternal life? And Jesus told him the exact answer, keep the commandments. And then he listed some of the commandments, not all. And if you look at it, he, he listed the commandments that has to do with our relationship with our fellow men don't kill don't steal don't commit adultery and all of that but he left out one and that was the one that the man lacked and the man said he has kept all this from his youth up and then he told him go sell all you have and give that is the keeping of the tenth commandment thou shalt not covet coveting means to hoard to keep back what you have and not give it also means to desire to get there are two parts of covetousness one part of it is desiring desiring i want i want i want what other people have give me more 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 and the other part of covetousness is i cannot give out i want to keep 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 i don't want to give out i just want to keep you see people look at the ten commandments as restrictions not understanding that one when something is telling you the opposite telling you one thing is actually enjoining the opposite so when god says thou shalt not kill he's telling you refrain from anything that you will do that doesn't promote the life of people but he's not telling you to be idle nevertheless and do nothing he's saying do things that promote people's life when god says thou shalt not steal he's saying don't take what does not belong to you and on the other hand it doesn't mean you should be idle give in the book of ephesians i'm reading chapter 4 reading from verse 28 it says let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor working with his hands that thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needed so when the lord says don't steal the opposite of stealing is to be done which is work with your hands that which is good so that you can give when the lord says don't covet which is to keep back he's saying give don't always keep back rather always give if you say i am not uh coveting you think that coveting has to do with just not desiring somebody's property but are you giving if you are not giving then you are not keeping the commandments when the lord says you should not be a false witness does that mean i should keep quiet all my life that means that i should be speaking the truth just because I did not bear false witness doesn't mean I should not say the truth. So someone keeps silent when there is the truth to be said. I did not tell lies, but at least I did not tell the truth. Do you think that the person has kept the commandment? No, he has not. You must speak the truth. What I am saying is that the commandments has the passive part of it and the active part of it. While it is telling you what you should not do, it is telling you what you should do. Don't tell lies, tell the truth. Don't covet, give. Don't steal. Go and walk so that you can have something to give. And when he says uh, the other parts that are still refraining, that you shouldn't commit adultery, for example, he's still saying the same thing, that you should rather promote unity in family, 
only hold that which is for yourself okay i'm not committing adultery in my home but at least i'm not giving my husband or my wife that which is her due have you kept the commandment no you have not if you say oh i'm not sleeping with anybody out there but then are you doing what you're supposed to do with your own spouse no so my point is understand the commandments when we come to this point of god holding us responsible for not doing certain things you should understand that he has every right to do so just because you i i didn't steal i didn't kill or all of that doesn't mean that i am not guilty before god if i refrain from doing that which i was supposed to do i am still guilty so talking about money now what are we supposed to do with money as we have read in the devotion on our clothes if they are expensive ones the lord will write clothe the naked and when we come to our dining table and we have all the luxurious dishes there then the lord writes on those foods and on the table feed the hungry and then in our homes he looks at all the decorations expensive decorations in our homes and the pictures and furniture money has been spent on all these things and the lord writes on them bring the poor that are cast out into thy house oh that all will remember that god is no respecter of persons it is a great thing to be a steward faithful and true before a just impartial god the law of god holds every man accountable for the use he makes of every dollar that comes into his hands for the lord has made men his agents to relieve the world's distress so god has made those who has the money agents and not don't think that is referring to just the rich anybody is responsible for those who do not have as much as they do it's not only the rich that can give and be generous everybody can do it and god holds us responsible so how do we know when we are using the money of the lord as we should how do we know there's a principle we can use to know what is right to do or not right to do the principle is necessity if you are spending your money on things that are not necessities then that money is being used for the wrong purpose we look at the example that jesus gave when the woman who had her son sick came to him requesting that jesus healed heal uh, her son that's the story of the syrophoenician woman and she was making this request and the disciples said let us chase this woman away she's disturbing us and uh, jesus didn't respond but when she came to meet jesus jesus said it is not meat to give to the dogs the food that is meant for the children and that's where i want to focus on not the woman's story but that statement jesus made that it is not meat it is not proper to give to dogs food that is meant for the children many of us spend money not just on dogs now but on irrelevant things that could have been spent on human beings i mean i want to get very specific but you must ask yourself the question am i spending money on dogs that could have been spent on human beings and dogs here represents dogs and many other things too not just dogs but anything at all that the money could have been directed or channeled to a place where it will be a blessing to others 
people spend money on things thinking that oh i have already done this or i've, I've helped people i've helped all that so i can actually do some self-gratification is there any time for self-indulgence no you cannot be rich like jesus jesus was the richest person though he looked poor but why did he look poor guess why because he only spent on that which he needed someone who could manufacture food in a moment that could feed five thousand men excluding women and children don't you think he can lavish a table with all luxurious dishes but did he do that for himself no someone who could raise the dead is it to build a mansion that he couldn't do just at the snap of a finger it will come up a person who could build mansions yet he could say about himself foxes have holes birds have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head so don't think jesus was poor because he lacked he lived that way though he had showing us an example that we should do things only out of necessity he would eat only the simple food even though he could create for himself right now a lavish table but all his resources you will never know that he was rich until when people come and then you see him spend all his resources on people to feed them to clothe them to help them in whatever they need to heal them if people were to pay for the services of jesus cancer healing cancer i mean raising the dead who can pay for that this was riches before jesus but you see that he was spending it on people he was an agent to relieve distress. Why I'm saying this is people will ask the question, okay, yes, I also am an agent to relieve distress. I'm sponsoring evangelisms. I'm blessing people. I'm building houses for people. I know there are many rich people and I can be one tomorrow too in such a condition. But we need to understand that we have the example of Jesus before us. Is there a time to spend on self for just for self-gratification? To buy decorations in the house for what purpose? Just for feeding my eyes? Remember, that in 1 John 2 verse 15 we are told love not the world neither the things of the world if any man loves the world the love of the father is not in him and included in the love of the world is the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh the flesh and the eyes desire to see these things and they spend huge sums on chandeliers huge sums on mansions whereas a simple life could have been lived now if out of necessity one has a home no problem it's not wrong but what god is saying is bring those who are homeless to your home there's nothing wrong in having a big home big house but we see so many big houses that nobody's living in them check all around you you will see them so many rooms in the home but yet nobody's there some build them at their old age and only them are living in it saying oh my children will come here and there at this time or at that time but the houses and the rooms are empty but Jesus is writing in those rooms. Bring those that are homeless into your home. That's what he's writing. Are you building the house? Go ahead. But be ready to bring in the homeless. Are you buying the food? Buy it. But be ready to feed the poor. Is there a need for expensive garments? That's a complete waste. Fashion. Money is going into fashion that could have been a blessing to others. May the Lord help us. Money is a huge temptation. And I know that we are to be in such positions too. May the Lord help us. I know the temptation is great. 
we need to have a principle that guides us and i'll say that principle is spend out of necessity not out of your feelings not out of fashion not to make a show but ask yourself every time you want to spend am i spending this thing because i need it or because i want it when you know a need you would see oh this is a need because it's going to fulfill a particular purpose and you have that purpose in mind so you cannot everything is expensive don't think that oh because something is five hundred thousand dollars then it's expensive or ten thousand dollars then it's expensive and then the one that is one dollar is not expensive if you spend that one dollar on something that was not necessary you will give an account for it and it's expensive everything is expensive nothing is cheap so the principle is not about oh this is expensive or that's not expensive it's about necessity whether it is one dollar or a million dollars if it is necessary needed for helping others and for helping you to make it to the kingdom of god go ahead and buy it go ahead and spend on it you will be less guilty than someone who spent a dollar or a penny on something that was not necessary so that is the principle i don't want to get very specific but apply this principle in whatever you are doing and i'm sure you will not fall into the trap or the snare and god will not say to you that you are wanting in this matter because when we spend and make ourselves agents to relieve the distress of others we are doing the work that jesus did and remember that jesus will say to you as much as you have done it to the least of these my brethren who are you actually doing it to you have done it unto me do you want to spend on jesus spend on those around you there's much that can be said but i pray the lord will set these words to our hearts and give us understanding in jesus name amen i'll say that god is really testing us with this devotion it is easier for adam to walk up to god and say i love you it's easier for eve to tell adam i love you it's easier for adam to tell eve i love you when it was just two of them in the garden but love will stand out in the face of opposition and conflict when other things are testing our tensions and testing our loyalty. And so the reading says in the second paragraph that it is not, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Let all old and young consider that it is not a light matter to be the Lord's steward. I tell you, it is not a light matter to be the Lord's steward. How true is this statement? You see, a steward is a caretaker, a manager. He is not the owner. Take note. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You see, we are employed, as it were, by God in the parable of the vineyard. You see, we are without excuse just what our brother said now where is Jesus the one who is full of goodness and the source of all resources he left us an example after the feeding of the multitude Jesus said gather the fragments that nothing be lost some of us are very quick to forget the way the Lord has led us we are now rich when we eat you waste food you throw food away that could have been eaten by the homeless, by the hungry. You waste clothes when you don't want them. You burn them and watch the poor walk naked and you talk about it. 
when it was in your place to carry the wounds you do not need and search for them and give it to them. Go to your wardrobe. You have things that you have not worn for years. You pile and pile and pile. Everywhere is full of things you do not use. You see, beloved, the church have come to the place where the Jews, the Jewish church was when Jesus made this statement. In Luke chapter 4 verse 25, say, But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. The place he is sent to was Zerapha, Zerifat, that's another name, a city of Sidon, out of the borders of the land of Israel. In other words, among all the churchgoers, all those rushing to church, to the synagogue, week in, week out, there was nobody in the church that could tolerate a stranger and be hospitable enough to share their last muscle with Elijah. So he was sent to somebody who was not part of the common world of Israel. God sees the heart and reads the motives. Let me read the account in Christian Service, page 173. So he, Elijah, arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. In this poverty-stricken home, the famine pressed sore, and the pitiful meager fare seemed about to fail the coming of Elijah on the very day when the widow feared that she must give up the struggle to sustain life, tested to the uttermost her faith in the power of the living God to provide for her necessities. But even in her dear extremity, she bore witness to her faith by compliance with this with the request of a stranger who was asking her to share her last muscle with him. In response to Elijah's request for food and drink, the widow said, Ask the Lord thy God leave it. I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. You see, there was famine in the land. Three and a half years famine, it was still coming. This was the beginning of the famine. And now, this was what happened. She, there was, she was in a strait. All she had left was just this handful of meal, just one meal that she had planned to bake and then she would eat with her son and then both of them would die of starvation. But as this was going on, heaven 
saw her going through these and because of her past life Elijah was sent now I continue Elijah said to her fear not go and do as thou hast said but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son mm. for thus saith the Lord God of Israel the barrel of meal shall not waste neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth no greater test of faith than this could have been required the widow had hitherto treated all strangers with kindness and liberality now regardless of the suffering that might result to herself and child and trusting in God the God of Israel to supply her every need she met this supreme test of hospitality by doing according to the saying of Elijah wonderful was the hospitality shown to God's prophet by this Phoenician woman and wonderfully were her faith and generosity rewarded she and her house did eat many days and the barrel of meal wasted not neither did the cruse of oil fail according to the word of the lord which he spake by elijah the widow of zarephath shared her muscle with elijah and in return her life and that of her son were preserved and to all who in time of trial and want give sympathy and assistance to others more needy god has promised great blessings he has not changed his power is no less now than in the days of elijah prophets and kings 129 to 132 is elijah was a stranger to this woman coming at a time when she had seemingly nothing death was staring her in the face is some of us we are fair weather christians it is easy to give five dollar from five thousand dollars but jesus will come to you in the form of elijah demanding to share with you that last cent your only money left when you think that you could not have survived without it he will come let us share the word your faith will be tested to the uttermost christ does have a way of testing us with the things we think we could not live without he tested abraham with giving of isaac is it was it not the same isaac that abraham had waited 25 years for and now you see how many millions of isaac abraham later had is called the father of many nations when god is calling our attention to something it is because he wants to bless it if you refuse to give it to him some of us we think when we give to the cause it is lost when we see duty call us when we see people calling upon us in the persons of the poor it is god calling when how many times have you visited him in the prison because he said that he will ask that question when i was in prison you visited me but some have not visited the persons of the poor in prison those who 
are seeking for justice. Those who are seeking for a cup of cold water. What about the elderly who are sick? What about the elderly and the young who are hungry? All around us is duty calling. Whatsoever we have, we are to use it like Job. He said he was eyes to the blind and ears to the deaf. And the cause which he knew not, he searched out. In other words, he went farther than he could trying to bring relief to the suffering. Especially now that people are in distress. You see, we used to sing it in a song that whatsoever you do to the list of my brethren, that you do unto me. Well, it's no longer a song. It's now the time to put it into practice. It's no more repeating it as it were. We have to put it into practice. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Christ puts himself in the poor man's place, identifying his interest with that of the poor. You see, it is a blessing to have the poor around us to cure us of this disease of covetousness. It is God trying to reach out to us to melt our hearts so that we will not be secluded, carrying everything onto ourselves. It's like a baton. We are in a race. When he passes the baton to you, it's for you to pass it to the brother. But we put the baton to our own use. And so the race stops without a baton. I continue to read from the second paragraph. It says, The needy. The oppressed are left in want, while the Lord's money is selfishly squandered in extravagance and luxury. Oh, that all will remember that God is no respecter of persons. It is a great thing to be a steward, faithful and true, before a just, impartial God. You see, beloved, we don't want to be imposters. We are impostors. We are called to be stewards. We are not the owner of whatsoever is in our possession now. And so when God calls for it, when we see duty, may we respond because it is in giving that we will receive. It said, the liberal soul shall be made fat. He that watereth shall be watered also himself. It said, there is he that giveth and yet it increaseth. But there is that withholdeth more than it is meet and it tends to poverty. So that mentality of keeping and grabbing things is a poverty mindset. We are impoverishing ourselves without knowing. May we learn to give up so that we will receive fresh draft from heaven so that we can be in a position to give again in constant communication, standing on the earth as it were, representatives of Christ. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. O Holy Father, glory and honor be to thy holy name. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for such admonition. Thank you for such clear path being spelled out to us to walk, reminding us that in the person of the poor, we're looking face to face 
at you that whatsoever we do unto these who those who are less privileged than us those who are more needy than us we are doing it as it were unto you thank you for giving us opportunity to cooperate with you in this work of soul winning help us a lot to remember to put these things to practice in the name of Jesus we pray amen Thank you.